You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, hockey fans, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. Second one within a week. Wow, we're getting really busy with this new season of Kraken Talk, and we're psyched about it, of course. We are Seattle's podcast by fans and for fans. I'm your host, Chris Porter, here with my colleague, Jim Cockrell. Our other buddy, Nathan Gunderson, could not join us tonight, but uh, although we will be hearing from him in a little little while for a discussion he had while he was in Vegas, so stay tuned for that. Uh, We've had two cracking games so far in this young season, and Jim and I are going to talk about both in just a moment, but first... I want to give big thanks to our main sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch it at the Angry Beaver. So, yes, two road games to start off this young season. It's awesome to see the Kraken play. Not so awesome to see them lose, though, and to uh, make other teams happy about their home openers. Uh, it all started... Um, just the other night, uh, Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle Kraken. Yes, the Stanley Cup champs. Uh, Kraken got a tough test right off the bat. Everybody's going all nuts because they're showing off the cup. And it's a typical Vegas hoopla night. And uh, But, you know, Kraken seemed to come out okay at first. Um, but uh, it, it, it harkened back to me and perhaps to you too, Jim. It reminded me of some games that used to frustrate us in the first season, you know, uh, defensive lapses and things like that. Uh, Kraken had 33 shots. They outshot the Golden Knights, 33 to 28, right? So, uh, but, you know, a lot of those games happen, like those type of games happen in the first season and they'd lose them. So, uh, hence my feeling. Um, They couldn't get any scores off power plays, particularly one long one for a match penalty due to a nasty hit on Brandon Tanev. It just... It was really frustrating seeing the, the power play. Jared McCann, he had the lone crack and goal in that game. Um, also, getting back, speaking of uh, Tanov, he he was uh, he was a, a big cause of one of the goals, uh, and and you know of course the last goal being an empty netter. So in my mind, we can only hang two of those goals on Grub. Although both were were good shots, though I didn't I didn't think there was were bad goals. I thought Grubauer overall played decently. Um, so, but that was my thoughts, but it was just, uh, you know, sloppy way to start, Jim. Yes, uh, I agree. I think that's the general consensus of everybody uh, on social media uh, that night. Um, yeah, it was tough because uh, we had to go through that torture of the whole cup banner thing. I, and I, I've gone through that before with other clubs, but um that, yeah, that was tough watching that Vegas production down there. It's kind of cheesy, hokey stuff. <laughs> the slot machine. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, and then, you know, that you remember me saying it last year and surely in the first year a lot. With that game just felt like we were never in it, you know, even though it was close for a while. It was loaded with just a ton of um, a lot of defensive pairing mistakes were going on. A lot of communication things was showing up. Um, you know, Dumoulin trying to fit in the new system. He had he had some rough moments and um, definitely Dunner, not one of his best games by any means. Uh, and it's just, it felt like they couldn't handle the forecheck at all. 
And the one thing about Vegas, you know, going in on our predictions and all, I think we had them mostly in second in the Pacific, but the way they played, I mean, they were really playing like, okay, you know, we are the defending Stanley Cup champions and they, their, their size and their speed is exactly what you want when you build a club, you know, they're, that I kept saying to myself, like, you know, these guys are just muscling us around. And I started thinking about the, this is the third year of us. And you've heard me complain a lot about, you know, we have just small forwards. I mean, I get it. A lot of forwards are small. I'm small. I played the game forever, but in this league, man, you just can't have four lines of small guys for the most part. You're just going to get worn down and pushed around. Um, They just, Vegas looks big out there and they look physical but they've got good hands and good speed to go with it. It's a pedigree for champions, man. Yeah. And one thing about Vegas that we were talking about last year is because of injuries or whatnot. I mean, they were going through a little bit of a carousel of goalies there and yeah, and Aiden Hill, I mean, late last year. And then this year, I mean, you know, made 32 saves. He, he looked great that night. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of have a pattern of uh history of four or five deep tenders on the roster. Uh, through the farm system, and they'll use them all. And their first year, their Stanley Cup year, they used five goalies that year. Um, so, any you know, that's they've got a great tandem, and they did last year as well. And that's that's what you need in this league is is a solid tandem, so you don't overwork the number one. And hopefully, we can get that with Joey if we need to down the road as well. I know that sort of gives some hope to to Joey and and other backups because I remember it feels just like. Not that long ago, Aiden Hill was the backup of the Coyotes, and um, and you know, and here here he is, you know, uh, a, a star starter. So, uh, yeah. some, some goalies, you know, oh, just like anything, you know, some players just jump in the league great right off the bat, but some slowly but surely uh, mature and get better and better. And and Hill's one of those guys. So, Joey, take notes. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was just you know they. they I'm looking at some of the uh, uh, interviews afterward. I mean, Stone was saying, you know, they felt they got some fortunate bounces, and uh, you know, after you know, they didn't they didn't feel like they they, they being the biggest Knights uh, didn't feel like they started the game off well. And I felt I felt it kind of early on. I felt the Kraken were in it, but oh, I agree exactly. Though they that that maybe toward the end of the first or so or in the second, I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> This is if we don't turn something around because you're right, the physicality and they were just, you know, Hill was having his A game and and, uh, the, you know, Vegas just seemed to be moving the puck so much, so much better, despite the Kraken having more shots. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Aiden Hill had a 970 for the night, so he was close to standing on his head all night. How about that uh, hit the Howden on Tanev? Uh, that was. uh yeah, any fine on that one? I they didn't. Yeah, yeah. There's a two two game suspension. So, you know, a lot of people want to. In this age, we watch videos so much, and and we talk about it the next day on social media, and everybody chimes in. And of course, if it's the team that happened to you're, you're really making some noise. And if you're the team that did it, then you're just playing it down. But, you know, it was a brush by. I'm not going to call it a a vicious, intentional, nasty thing. It was a brush by a neutral ice, um, you know, without getting into detail. It's a high hit. Look, and it doesn't matter. Clean hits, dirty hits, whatever. If you have principal point of contact head, you're going to get a suspension. And that's what happened. Um, 
he probably would have been better off if he would have just taken a full body hit on the on Tanev, and it would have, you know, could still could have blown him up some, but it probably wouldn't have looked as bad, you know. And it was just one of the brush by that they're brutal. They they move your head quick, and then, you know, he went down and he landed horribly on his leg, bent back, and a lot of people were speculating it's a leg thing after what happened, the, you know, the year before with the injury, and. I was thinking, yeah, that looks bad, but that head thing, I've seen it. I've had it happen to me. And then he doubled back when his head hit the ice as well. So, and they are calling it an upper body UBI. So, I don't know. I'm not going to say it, but do the math, you know. Um, It's just, it's unfortunate. It's a brush by, it's a penalty. It's two-game suspension. It is. um, You know, you play this game. It's the fastest game in the world as a team sport. And things happen so quickly uh it's just it may look worse than it really is on the ice situation that's all i can tell you yeah understood for sure all right well that you know it's just the first game of the season lots of games this is a big long marathon and it's okay you know and it's tough the Kraken have to start uh three games on the road here so a, a day off and then uh get into Nashville, take on the Preds. Um, and, um, dang, uh, that one, this one started, they look better. Uh, so we're recording this, uh, shortly after the, uh, game of the Predators, which Kraken gets shut out three to nothing, no goals. Uh, but so, so, some better defensive play. Actually the first period to me looked f- and felt very even like this could go either way. Uh, the, the shots on goal at that point were pretty even. Uh, I think it was like 15 to 15 to 12 uh, preds up on that, but you know, pretty even. So it's feeling good. Oh man. I don't know what the preds coaches, coaches and staff said in between the periods, but man, they look totally different. Well, both teams look totally different than the second period. Uh, you know, preds out shooting them 13 to four in the second period. And it was even in the third period, seven, seven, but it just, it's, it's felt like, okay, preds just took over after that. I mean, it really, uh, I love shorties. I always say that, right, Jim? But I always like them for the team I'm rooting for. Not, I hate it, hate it when I see that happen against our team. And you know, they had a power play, and um, uh, uh, who was it? Who was it that that um, stole? I mean, huh? Who got well, it for them? Well, so, Sisson, Colton Sisson's got the goal. Got the goal, but somebody poked it oh. out. Um, Yamamoto was up against the boards and he went for a little, we got in the zone. He went for a little back pass, which he got ripped off. You know, they read right into it and Bjorkson couldn't get it. It was somebody, somebody else was kind of in on that plan. I forget who, but anyway, Colton Sissons. Yeah. It just, you know, break away and then, and boom, it was, it was a good backhand shot. Um, and that, that just seemed to, I don't know if that's the cause, but it just seemed like it took the air out of the crack and, um it stayed one zip i mean grew here was the thing i was really impressed with it's hard to be impressed on a three nothing loss but grubauer yeah. looked great it could have been six zip easy he you know oh, we've yeah. been seeing good groove despite the scores we've actually been seeing good grubauer play um yeah. but then the third period uh nyquist and uh Parsinen, uh both got well uh the last goal was an empty netter but the uh, nyquist had a uh, weird deflected shot that went in and uh, not, not Groob's fault. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh better, but not that much better, Jim. I agree. Uh, so from the get go on that game, it was 
you know, firehouse hockey, running gun, which always gets to me, uh, bothers me. But, and I'm always surprised in Haxtell hockey uh, system when that pops up because I'm thinking, you know, re reel that stuff in. That's not your game at all. Uh, but it was like that all night. In fact, at times it had a playoff feel to it. It was so back and forth. You know, transition game was crazy. The energy level in that building was crazy. Uh, lots of good chances. Um, but, yeah, it, it's pretty rare when we get out shot that bad. Normally we're the ones, uh, win or loss, it seems like out shooting teams uh, a bit. But we were down. That second period really put us back in the, in the shot department. And I was surprised at that. Um, and like you said, grew was just, uh, and even, uh, Ruth sports, uh, during the intermission was talking about, you know, picking up right where he left off in the playoff or three quarter point and playoffs of the last year. Uh, he had an outstanding game, man. Um, yeah, two, two goals and 35 shots. Yeah. And a lot of high quality stuff coming his way, high danger and both at both ends, even though we didn't have as many shots, you know, we were getting some good good stuff and nothing happening but uh i'm telling you man that firehouse hockey get it out of here boy <laughs> you know by the way it was bugging me it was cole smith who uh made a nice defensive move to get the puck over to sisson so that was yeah uh, there you go like and um yeah i don't know so okay hopefully the uh there's a nice bounce back with st louis and colorado and all will be forgiven and forgotten right so we'll see what yeah happens. well the they know I mean, what the they've three, done wrong. They have to. Right. I mean, we played way better tonight than we did in, on the opener. I will tell you that. Yeah, agree, agreed. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. But uh, good good to get some hockey going here. Um, so uh, one, one highlight now, just to jump back to the Vegas game, as I alluded to earlier, our buddy Nathan, lucky bugger, was down in Vegas for the uh, opening game for both teams, for the new nhl season and um he's been down in vegas a number of times and made friends with a guy named tommy ippolito who we've had on the program a couple times one time in an interview and one time uh we had him uh live here uh chatting with us a uh, good friend of uh, the fan cast and a uh, guy who has uh, quite an inside knowledge for of the vegas golden knights world uh tommy is the general manager of the hyde lounge it's great cool uh bar at t-mobile arena in vegas um so obviously a big vegas knights fan he's been there since the beginning of the team and uh he always gives us great perspective for what's going on in in the vegas world and, and hockey and um you know his thoughts on the kraken and nhl he's a big nhl fan overall too so but it's uh it's always great to have tommy in here no exception uh this for this program so here's nathan's chat with our good friend Tommy Apolito in Vegas. What's up everybody, Nathan here, down in Las Vegas. What a show. I'm here with Tommy. Tommy, how you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. What a night, what a night. Yeah, you know, you guys looked really good, really strong. We had some, some ups, some downs, but it's game one, game one of the season. I'm just glad I was down here. It's great to see you. Yeah, same. Some of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, Stanley Cup champions. What is that like? What was that night like from start to finish? Dude, it's tough to like look back and like put it into words. Um, you know, the game, soon, the game was over midway 
like midway through the second period. Yeah. So it wasn't like a typical like clinching game where like on pins and needles, the party literally started, you know, eight minutes ago in the second. I think we were up four to one or so and everybody kind of knew like what the ending was going to be. And just seeing this city, you know, from being here from season one to winning the cup and just thinking back of like the five minute major, you know, losing the cup, losing the cup in year one, you know, the trial and tribulations, even though we're only six years in, you know, a lot of the older franchise will probably lambaste me for that, but um, <laughs> it was awesome. It, it was just so happy for the city and just, just pure joy. Yeah. When I watched on TV, there was a big part of me that was so, so happy for you guys. Happy for the city, happy for the organization. Um, moving to today with the raising of the championship banner, the atmosphere was yeah. second to none, yeah. as always around here. It's funny, I was here Saturday doing some paperwork and I was in my office and I heard the video start and I was like, oh my God, they're doing rehearsals. So I ran out. I'm the only one in the building, basically, except the entertainment department doing rehearsals. And I watched it from start to finish. And I was like, this, they knocked it out of the park for one. And then I was like, this is going to be unbelievable with 18,000 people in here. Right. You know, I'm seeing it without cheers and fan reactions. And I was like, this is going to be like, not a, not a dry eye in the in the arena the way they the way they put that video together and you know stone skating around with the cup the team follow following him you know 10 10 yards behind him what a night just what a what an absolute night yeah uh we came down here i came down with uh two of my best friends you know we golfed and we had a good time golfed with you yep again yep it was great but the highlight was definitely coming here again and uh seeing everybody so excited so pumped up championship team that has to feel i don't know i mean i don't know what that's like yet i mean we're still yeah, a new team right. but that has to feel really good to know that when you go you're champions you wake up tomorrow you're still champions right. nobody could take that banner away from you right that will It'll never ever go away ever right. go away yeah and that's 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 special right i mean it's a special thing to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's the most prized trophy in all sports, right? Yeah. Um, the summer after after they won it, this this the we had such a short summer, but all summer long it was like the elation of the, that night. Yeah. Right. Thinking back on it, and you know, as you know, I'm close with you know several several of the players, so it was even more special being close with the guys, knowing what they go through day in and day out to try to win that trophy. Yeah. And, you know, to see their dreams come to fruition was was special, right? It's cool as a fan, but when you have like an emotional tie to not only the organization, but the players individually. Yeah. It was, it was something I'll never forget, to be honest. That's great. Uh, January 1 coming up 
Winter Classic in Seattle, T-Mobile Park. You're gonna be there? I'm not gonna be there. So, so this is, it's kind of a weird year because every year we do a New Year's Eve day game here. So New Year's Eve at noon, all six seasons, we've had a game at T-Mobile. We obviously don't have that this year because they'll be in Seattle. So I'm just waiting for them to pluck a concert down New Year's Eve. It hasn't been booked yet, so I just have a feeling we're gonna have a really big show here New Year's Eve. And if we don't, you know, I'll stay in town, you know, do a little low-key New Year's Eve here. And as you know from our conversations, I'm allergic to the cold weather. So the, the idea of sitting, I think it'll be super cool, right? The idea for me sitting out in the cold I'd have to be in a suite if I went. Yeah. Yeah. I hear I, you. I'm not a, I'm not a big cold weather guy. Yeah. I was born and uh, raised in Phoenix. Been in Vegas 30 years. Like, I do not like cold weather. I remember. I remember we golfed. Right. And exactly. it was the wind chill. Dude. You just, you woke yeah. up the next day and you that felt was, like death. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of golf and cold, I told myself I wasn't going to play this winter when it got like that, but knowing how addicted I am, I know that's probably not going to be a truthful statement. <laughs> You're going to fall off the wagon exactly. on that fall one. Fall <laughs> off the wagon, exactly. What do you think about your season? Now let me turn the tables on you. What do you think, what do you think lies ahead for the Kraken? Oh, man. You know, there's been a couple of trades in the offseason, a couple of people that you know have moved on. We've got a couple of new faces. We're looking good, you know, in camp. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go to camp. Uh, Jim and uh, Chris with the uh, fan cast, they got to see some. Mm -hmm. And from what I've seen, what I've heard, everything looks really good. You know, this was just game one. Sure. You know, it's a long season. Sure. But I, I believe that we're going to do do another, you know, great season. Hopefully we can get into the playoffs, maybe get Dude, a little bit farther. How exciting was the playoff run for you guys? I mean, oh man, that was I was I was so rooting for you guys against Dallas cuz to have like a Western Conference final between the two new kids on the block would have been would have been epic. Yeah, it would have been. And we we like, you know, Vegas. We like the team. We like the uh, I wouldn't call it a rivalry. It's just, you know, it's the two newest teams. Sure trying to make a name for themselves right. and you guys have done that and we're trying to do the same yeah. and we'll see what happens but you know we we're gonna get there we're gonna get there so as you know i've been to seattle a couple of times the climate pledge and there's really something special in that building yeah this building as you've been here twice now right for games uh maybe two or three, two times? Or three yeah. times yeah special right i mean Absolutely. the atmosphere atmosphere like no other top-notch Seattle rivals that man I mean it was I saw a couple nights games there and then I saw the Maple Leafs play there and it's such a fun building to watch a game in yeah and a concert it's 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 cool to see what's going on um, with sports in Seattle and then the NBA rumors very very cool I'm happy for you guys up there I don't think the NBA is going to be too far off from coming back to Seattle. I don't think so either. You know, Vegas and Seattle are the rumored two expansion franchises. So we'll have that tie there, too. In the NBA, we'll have the tie with the NHL. And then we'll have that expansion tie, hopefully, in, uh, in the NBA as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, the accommodations again, 
top notch. Appreciate you doing this. Pleasure, man. It's always it's always uh, it's always fun doing doing this for people that I know enjoy the sport, you know, um, and appreciate it, and you know, try to be the best host I can because this building means a lot to me. So having people come in and enjoy it gives me just as much pleasure as I get out of it. So you guys are welcome anytime and um, anything I can do for you and the fans that listen, be more than happy to. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Nathan signing off from Vegas with Tommy. Have a good one. All right. Thanks much, guys. Thank you, Nathan, for getting that chat together. And we hope to have you back next week. All right, so as mentioned, uh, probably around the time this is coming out, uh, the uh, Kraken will be playing the Blues probably and uh, at the same time. So we'll talk about the Blues game in our next program, as we will also for the home opener, Colorado Avalanche, on Tuesday, October 17th. We cannot wait. Uh, Jim and I will both be there, and um, uh, producer Jay might be there. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we'll uh, a few of us will be there, and um, actually a whole – packed arena no doubt will be there so uh we're really looking forward to that um before we wrap up there's another kind of a chick quick check-in we're having today um but we do want to reiterate about our t-shirts got kraken fan cast t-shirts finally and we also have our special uh dunn and larson uh special t-shirts uh you can find out more about that at seattlecrackandfancast.com. You just click on the shop link that's near the top and you'll be brought right up to our t-shirt page. Uh, we've got a cool uh, Dunn & Larson Maritime Law Group. They'll check that out. We've been getting a lot of good reviews from people, a few people who've already seen that. So uh, Jim and I will be wearing those at some games, no doubt. So uh, check those out and uh, help support the fancast. And we have some a good uh, collection of t-shirts there. All right. Also, uh, we always uh, want to want to remind you to check us out on Facebook, on Twitter. We're at Cast Kraken uh, is our t- Twitter handle. We got an Instagram page, YouTube. Uh, po- this podcast is available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and a link on our own website, as I mentioned before, SeattleKrakenFanCast.com. We also hope you'll consider supporting our Patreon financial support platform. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Fancast. We are very, very, very grateful to all of our supporters. So that's it for this episode. Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and our fantastic producer, Jay Middleton. I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, go Kraken. Kraken.